Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here in Tomball at a bookstore called Book Addict, and we are here with... Wyatt McSpadden. And Wyatt has just released his second barbecue book, barbecue-related book, which is Texas Barbecue, Small Town to Downtown. So, Wyatt, you've got a long history in photography, a long history in barbecue photography and otherwise. Um, Let's start with uh, your history in barbecue and meat markets. Um, You grew up in the meat market world. I did. My parents, uh, or my father, uh, was the second generation of a a grocery store family in Amarillo, Central Grocery. And, you know, I started working in the grocery store when I was 10 years old, you know, stocking shelves and stuff like that. But, of course, the heart of a grocery store at that time was the meat market. And, you know, I spent a fair amount of time back back in the meat market watching the butcher break down quarters, halves, beefs, cooking stuff there had one uh, uh, butcher back there named Harold Hines who would make barbecue but he made it all in a giant sort of crock pot but <laughs> I didn't know the difference between barbecue and stew but yeah I, I you know I sort of I didn't enjoy growing up in the grocery business necessarily I didn't know anything else but uh, it stayed with me uh, I think one of the things we had mentioned earlier in a conversation Prousey's Market and uh it is still primarily a meat market, and the first time I went in there, I, I was I had a flashback because the the display coolers there where they put the meat in uh, were the very ones that I had that my father's grocery store had in them. They're Friedrichs, hmm. made in San Antonio, and the one that is in uh, Prousey's was made in 1952, the year I was born. So it, uh, you know, it did, there's a connection that I didn't realize I had until. I encountered that. And you, you and grew up in the Panhandle? I did. I grew up in Amarillo. Uh, in our new book, one of my favorite parts of the new book, and, and Nancy McMillan, my wife, who also designed the book, put together these great little section called uh, Many Happy Returns. In places that I've been to uh, multiple times, have lots of pictures. So we devoted a little bit of extra space to those places, and I wrote a little bit of text about it. But the first one of the many happy return sections is about Doug's Barbecue in Amarillo, which uh, opened in 1958, and that was the year that my family moved to that neighborhood, three or four blocks from Doug's, and uh, those were the first barbecue sandwiches I ever had, and it was chopped beef. 25-cent chopped beef sandwiches. 25-cent chopped beef sandwiches, and, uh, you know, it was great, but... Of course, that's all I ever had. And, you know, I went to Doug's until I moved away from Amarillo in 1992. But my first exposure to real pit smoke Texas, Central Texas barbecue was on a trip from Amarillo with an advertising uh, executive, a woman by the name of Kathy Cornett. And we were doing photography for Pioneer Seed Company. So we were traveling in all these little rural areas around the state with seed company reps from each area. And the rep we were with that day was from Waco, and we were working in the the Belton-Taylor-Elgin area. And he took us to lunch at Louis Mueller's. 
So this was 1982, and I'd never seen anything like it. You know, I was 30 years old. Uh, you know, I liked barbecue, but this was something. Uh, very, very was, few barbecue specialty restaurants back then. Oh no, sure. yeah. I, oh, I, I wouldn't have known that. But uh, you know, Mueller's was uh, it was a hometown barbecue place. Now this is long before the fever, the barbecue fever struck. And uh, farmers were in there. Uh, there's a major rail line that runs through Taylor, very close to Louis Mueller's, and there were railroad men in the place. And myself, Kathy Cornett, and the seed company salesman. But it was my first sliced brisket sandwich, and it was a revelation, truly. Amazing. That was that was my my first barbecue oh my god moment was was yeah. also there yeah um and it and it really sticks with you that 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 moment in time that that everything changes for you it's with barbecue true. right it's, it's true. like all of a sudden this is this is what barbecue really yeah. is about and i don't think that happens to everyone that goes into one of those places this shows those of us who have this sort of genetic predisposition <laughs> to uh to get the barbecue fever yeah and louis miller's been providing that for years for God knows how many people oh, at this yeah. point. I mean, it's oh, no, decades. And, and even now, I mean, even if it's your first visit in there, your fiftieth visit in there, it's kind of that reminder of that first visit every time you go, and it's like, oh yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much. Yeah. You know, we, we we're not allowed to say we talk about this all the time, but um, but it's about the memories and it's about the connections that barbecue makes, and well, because it's true. it's a community thing generally too. And uh, you have to give Wayne Mueller a great deal of credit because that means a whole lot to him i mean he was very aware of the responsibility that he had when his father passed to keep that alive and he's done a remarkable job of it yeah he really has yeah. and, and and while at the same time staying present and relevant yep. you know he's, yep. he, yes, he's he's made the changes he's needed to make right but that that main dining hall is what it was right. from 1959 off, when they moved limits, in yeah where you know it's still he's added air conditioning to the side building to the side building but not but to the main still, building still yeah yes. exactly so you know good for him <laughs> so when did when did the photography come into play for you when did photography start being a, a hobby a passion that turned into a career well it it you know i went to work for stanley marsh the third who was an eccentric millionaire in amarillo uh and i was a uh washed out of the junior college there in my first semester in a photography class but I, I wasn't going to make it so I went to work for Stanley as just kind of a, a crew member taking care of the house and the grounds and managing the kids but Stanley was a, a truly an eccentric an arts patron and he liked to have photographers around and he had one that was working there but the other guy wasn't there all the time so I started taking pictures of the kids and you know things are going around i didn't care i just you know i was enjoying photography uh but the the pivotal thing for me was when an art group called the ant farm came in from san francisco and pitched stanley on the idea of burying 10 cadillacs just off of interstate 40 on the west side of amarillo it was a conceptual art piece uh, of course I didn't understand that I don't think anybody understood it but them and maybe Stanley even uh, even today it's it's a very odd 
Oh, it did. Well, yeah, of course, it's ten Cadillacs <laughs> buried nose down in the ground. How could it be anything but odd? But it was the you know it was the evolution of the Cadillac tail fin. So the first tail fin showed up on a Cadillac in 1949 as a small bump. The biggest one is uh, the 1959, which is the great fin with the bullet-shaped red tail lights. And I think it played out in 1964. So anyway, these crazy guys came to Amarillo from California. You know, this is 1974. Conservative, rural Amarillo, Texas. This is a, you know, a big, small town, 100,000 people. And I was, what was I? I was 32, no, 22 years old. I had a camera. There were all these crazy guys around, and I was, I was, all of a sudden, I was thrilled about taking pictures because this, this crazy stuff was happening. These guys were digging holes and <laughs> driving Cadillacs into holes. I mean, uh, it's amazing. And those pictures are still on my website. I mean, you know, they uh, somehow they haven't reached their full expiration date. But but I got excited about making pictures then, and and. Uh, Stayed with Stanley a little while longer. I went for a short time to a trade school in Sacramento, California, and came back to Amarillo and, and opened for business uh, in 1976. I, I didn't realize how much I didn't know about photography at the time, but that was one of the advantages of being in a small town like that. I could, I could sort of learn on the job. And... Uh, in 1978, I got a call from Nancy McMillan at Texas Monthly to take photos of Stanley Marsh for a story they were doing about a, uh, a scandalous murder trial of a, uh, a notable member of the Fort Worth Society, T. Cullen Davis, who had murdered her, his wife's boyfriend. So anyway, I got this call from Texas Monthly about doing pictures of Stanley for this story, and and I was thrilled beyond words. You know, I was going to get pictures published in a magazine. And uh, that was my first assignment for Texas Monthly. I'm still on the contributing list of photographers for Texas Monthly 40 years later. They ran a spread from the new book this summer. So it's been the most long-standing, enduring uh, business art relationship of my life is that. And you so, did. yeah, when I moved to Austin in 92, uh, uh, fate again intervened, and uh, I met a fellow by the name of John Mortland, who uh, was a freelance writer, uh, started out in the Bay Area in San Francisco, wrote for Rolling Stone. Uh, when the first issues came out, covered the Altamont uh, concert, the uh, Disastrous. The, the Hells Angels. Yeah, the Hells Angels and the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So anyway, John had moved to Austin. We met each other at a concert, and he he said, let me take you to Kreitz Market. So this is 1993, and they're still in the original location. And he, we drove down there, explained to me how to order. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there were no sides at that time. It was all meat, block cheese, uh, onions, sliced onions, and jalapenos. We had to get there early because the lawyers bought all the prime rib if you got there by 1230. You know, those kind of tips. So we started going to Christ Market like once a month for years. And we added another guy to the crew, uh, Charles Lorman. I also started getting assignments from different magazines, Texas Monthly primarily, but other magazines too, you know, doing stories about Texas barbecue. And I think when it changed for me from just assignment work was when Kreitz announced they were going to 
move out of the existing location and build a new place. And John and Charles and I were all just distraught because the old place was such a magical and, space. And still is. Yes, even it, even it, though it's Smitty's and, and it's the other half of the it family. Is, it, it truly it, is. It's a really uh, magical yeah. place to visit. But before they moved, they hadn't cleaned up anything for you know 20 25 30 years i mean it's all it was all still in there so i spent a week just photographing the place black and white pictures with a big camera uh just photographing still lifes and some portraits and things like a little bit of food photography but all black and white and it turned into more of a personal project than it was an assignment fortunately at the time nancy had a uh she was the art director at Texas Monthly for a couple of issues, and so ran a really nice spread of pictures from that that John Morthen wrote the text for. And um, I don't know, it changed to me, uh, for me, from just an assignment thing to kind of an art uh, uh, project, too. Well, that, that Smitty's Crate split was really kind of a seminal moment for barbecue. It was one of the biggest stories to date that's happened in Texas barbecue, and to be there when it was all happening had to be, especially for you, it being a monthly visit for you, had to be kind of a, a somber thing. But also oh, was, to so. be a, you were you were documenting history. I mean, people don't think of barbecue as a historical thing, but they're not from Texas. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was. I mean, it really was from 1900. I mean, that's that's as a huge change too to a brand new building. Right. You know, and, and they carried the coals from down the yes. street from. Yes, they had a ceremony where they carried the coals down to the new pits, and. Um, you know, again, we we were just like, well, this will never be what it was, uh, and fortunately, we were wrong. Um, we came to love the new Kreitz Market. You know, it, 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 you, you can't duplicate or replicate what was there, and Rick Schmidt had no intention of duplicating it. He he wanted to one up it on on a giant scale, and he did. Uh, I, I still think that the Kreitz Market pit room is the most distinctly uh, remarkable pit room in the state. You know, it's for those like, that it's that the don't Notre know. Dame of barbecue. Absolutely. And for those that don't know, it's it's huge. Yeah. Many pits. The they have the they have the open fire. So yep. um, even though it's it's a little blocked off from from visitors on like Smitty's, um, but you, you the fires are just right out in the open. So oh, for yeah. people that look at offset right. pits today, they're enclosed fireboxes, yep. and these are not. These draw straight from yep. open air into you, the pit. You you walk right past a fire to go into the room to get your sides and you know it's an enormous room it has eight giant brick pits that eat, they don't use all the time but they do on saturdays holidays things like that and it's like a, a great ocean vessel you know that's a full speed ahead and the the cutting boards which are these massive blocks yep. of wood yeah um, and, and then the other thing is that just as we're we're talking about this experience to me is the sharpening of the knives yep that you just, it's just a constant sound of shing, shing, shing as you as you walk in there. Well, it's a ceremony, you know. Um, it, is, it, yes. it really is. And Roy, to me, is sort of the the high priest of Texas barbecue. Uh, and, you know, he's down there every day and sharpening his knives every morning. It takes him over there. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's still a special place to me. I mean, there's so many special places now, and, uh, and there's so much great barbecue. Uh, but I'm, that's sort of my foundation. 
And and that was kind of a, a lot of the foundation for your first book was yes um, those places that you had maybe been to before and were familiar. Tell us a little bit about um, some of those places, and then the photography back then was obviously film based. Yep. Um, I would imagine that you had to do more posing, and and to get the right light and the right timing was a lot more set up than it is maybe as as you went into the new book. But it's you know. It, that's sort of true, although I, I very deliberately made the decision not to light anything in the first book or in this book. There may be a couple of exceptions to that because it just really, to me, it gave me a chance to mess up what it was I liked about the place. And so there was lots of, you know, camera on the tripod, long exposures. I was shooting a six by seven format, a two and a quarter by three and a quarter format. So there were nine frames on every roll. You know, so you or I was much more deliberate about the compositions. Plus, I was paying for the film and processing out of my pocket, which you know run up to a lot of money. And of course, you don't get to see the result immediately. No, so no, no, no. There's, take yeah, more there's time. a yes. There's a, a an amount of uncertainty. I was shooting Polaroids, which is what we did. We had a separate back that you put a Polaroid back on, so you had that much certainty. But still, the film had to be processed. Uh, it's yeah, it was quite different. But that's that's how we made pictures. That's I, you know, I didn't I didn't know about digital. I didn't know what was coming. And you know, and I love that. I still I still have all those negatives. I still love to scan them. I still love to print them. But as you had mentioned earlier, uh, the barbecue book is significant not only in the change of the barbecue scene from then to now, the sort of modern bar- barbecue scene. But as a photographer, it also represents a change in the technology because this new book is all digital. And the pictures are different. Whether they're better or not, it's I can't say. But uh, it was a very different experience. And so it makes this a very different book than the first one. There's lots more pictures. There's lots more people pictures. There's a lot more food pictures. A lot more food pictures. And I, I, I don't know if that's a shift that you made. You were, it, it, it maybe have been your history, but you were very much a portrait and, and a scene artist as opposed to a, a food artist. Right, right. Um, and, and is that something that you kind of grudgingly came into? Or is uh, you it know, just, it, it just, it was easier. It was easier to do digitally. You know, I didn't have to, if with film, you would have to light it uh you know, the circumstances were rare that, you know, you would have beautiful natural lighting. Plus, uh, the assignments that I was doing, there was more and more of a demand, shoot more food, shoot more food, shoot more food. Um, so th- that got into my head. And, and I'll throw well, this out there. Has food, has, has food at least visually changed? Oh, yeah. So, you know, you see a lot more food that they're adding ingredients or adding toppings Yep. To, for the color purpose. Well, and I, yeah, and I think this is another thing about the young pitmasters versus, you know, the Roy's and the, the older guys, is they're much more conscious of presentation. Absolutely. Of what their stuff looks like. I mean, we just spent, uh, you know, four hours over at Teos, and they're very conscious. I, I went back to the order window and was looking at the stuff that they were putting out. And it was all beautiful, you know. It was all balanced. It's become that world, for better or worse, right? No, I every think everybody takes pictures, and and it gets out. So it's advertising, but at the same time, you eat with your eyes. So it it does well. Come. And 
and you're you're paying enough for this barbecue it ought to look like a piece of art before you eat it you know <laughs> well said <laughs> and, and you're you're right a lot of the the newer school guys the new guys that are up and coming they are thinking of this is going on instagram this is going yes, on twitter absolutely. and and so there are deliberate things done whether it's we're making pickled red onions solely because it pops on a plate or things like that that you wouldn't you wouldn't have even considered doing no. when you're selling a dollar twenty five chopped beef sandwich. Right. It's just not something you would even right. consider. But when you're charging twenty dollars and up for brisket and things like that, then then yeah, you you are consciously thinking of construction constructing plates and if I if I place the ribs like this I get a height difference and, and all those things that come into play. Very concerned about the trays that they buy. You know, what's the what the trays look like. Uh you know, it seems incidental, but in a again, in a visual world, in an Instagram world, uh, it matters. Right, a crowded tray versus yeah. a, a, an empty tray has yep. two different visual. Yeah. The, the and, stamped logos on the butcher paper, you're starting yes. to see yep. more and more of that going yep. on, and it's just. Well, it's, I was I was taking pictures uh, for the Franklins at, of, at their takeout trailer that they put in, and you know they have a lot of people deliver stuff in like they're like beer boxes that have been cut well they have beer boxes but it's all got frank they're custom made yeah, yeah. custom made yeah. and beautiful they look great and, you know, and like i said it, it's it's a necessity in this world but it, it does help the overall experience it really oh, yeah, does absolutely i um, mean and what we say is that you know if you take the time to present your food you probably took the time to make the food um, so there's there there is a connection no, with no, quality to that you guys both know that these guys are very, very conscious of <laughs> of what they're cooking, and they want the best stuff. They want to get the best, you know, raw product, and they, you know, and they agonize about uh, how it's prepared and you know how it's cooked. Paying pay incredibly close attention to timing. Uh, you know, there is a, definitely an artistry to it now. And you're even seeing with restaurant design now. I mean, the switch was just open in, in Dripping Springs. You know, the the restaurant design of that place, it's it's aesthetically beautiful when you walk into the space. I mean, you've got the open exposed ceilings, and it's just everything is a visual experience now. Yep. And that's post, not just barbecue. but oak wood floors. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Little little touches like yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, just, yeah. You know, they went to that now, trouble. Shane, Shane, he knew what he wanted. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I think that it's a killer space. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they're making great br- brisket. The guys are super committed uh, to doing great food and... Of course, they have the pit room is the envy of all <laughs> pit masters. Yeah, it's that, that may not be fair to say, but uh, I haven't seen anybody that walked in there that didn't go. That was in the business and go, wow. Now, four four Moberg thousand gallons plus a, a very large custom design sausage in a, smoker in a, in a screen porch. Yep. With air coming in from all directions, you know. With with a big flat screen TV as well. <laughs> yes, <so. laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're having a good time there. It's like there. summer yeah. camp for pitmasters. It is, exactly. it is, yeah. Um, I think some pitmasters may would, would even pay or take a pay cut just to work there. <laughs> they've compared they've to got enough the pitmasters there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we can't lose any more to yeah. Styles. Yeah. <laughs> no, they've got one, one heck of a roster. Um, let, let's let's dive into the new book because uh, it's it's an incredible book. The layout of it is gorgeous. The pictures are phenomenal. When you started thinking, okay, it you know you've done one barbecue book. Do you need another one? But like you said, there's been so many changes in the world of barbecue, so many changes in photography and technology. Um, what what led to you deciding to to do a second book? It was mostly fear and panic uh, because <laughs> it was I was having a really slow summer in 2017. 
it just wasn't much going on. And, and you know, it had occurred to me some, you know, well, maybe we got to do something. And I, I remember I woke up one morning, I thought, well, I got to talk to Nancy about this. I got to just quit fretting about it. And I said, well, you think we ought to do a new barbecue book? You know, it doesn't seem like that other one is that old. I mean, but there were, there were a couple of places you didn't get to in the old book. That, oh, yeah. That I, were, totally were missed, I, I totally missed Snow's, uh, which was the biggest miss. And Nancy, in her great patience and wisdom, said, yeah, yeah, we, maybe we should. So we put together a proposal. I wrote something, and Nancy and a friend helped. You know, sort of my writing is okay, but it needs professional help. And Nancy is incredibly talented as a designer and graphic artist. And we, so we put together a little PDF package to send to the uh, UT Press and uh, sent it off on a Tuesday morning. For some reason, I remember it was a Tuesday. And, you know, 1 o'clock came and... I hadn't warned them. I didn't call and say, do you want to look at this or anything? I just sent it. You know, it's just sort of like a, you don't really want to do a book, do you? Uh, uh, You know, I didn't call or nobody said anything. And at 4 o'clock, the phone rang, and it was the Dave Hamrick who we sent it to. And he said, let's do this. So we went right to work. Uh, That was probably the middle of the summer. And by uh, within a couple of weeks, we've made a deal. Let's do this. We want to do it as fast as we can. So I had a lot of existing material, and but I needed more. So I went to work, you know, probably through August and September, uh, shooting a lot of new pictures for the book. And uh, Nancy labored over it for months to put the layout together and come up with, like, the sections. And the, the photography in a book is the fun part. It's the organization and artfully put it together and have it make sense and all the tiny details, every caption. Uh, that's where the work is, and, and I couldn't be more fortunate to be working with somebody like Nancy. Well, we appreciate her work, too, because it's, it's a wonderful book. Um, and we, we had some fun with it when, when we got the books. Is we, we, we did our own little trivia on the layouts that you had with the different pitmasters and and the different uh, barbecue spreads and tried to see how many of them we could name before going back to the answer key and <laughs> yeah we, we recommend anybody that gets the book is to to do that have someone else look up the answers uh, but there's a section with just pictures and there's a section with just pitmaster portraits and try to guess and fireboxes as and well fireboxes yeah. yeah that's great to hear um, and it's, it's, so it's a lot of fun because there's it's you know as barbecues changed there's still we plenty should probably of be ashamed at the ones we got right. We're like we shouldn't be able to look at a picture of meat and know <laughs> who's it came from. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it says a little bit more about us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. We, we got more, we got a I think a surprising number right, <laughs> which is I mean even we'll just give one example. I mean Heim. Um, you know, we, we could tell those were the bacon burn ends. And so we knew, okay, that's Heim, yeah. right? We knew right off the bat. Um, with, um, uh, I think with, was it uh, Louis Miller was another one that we were able to spot fairly yeah, easy. Yeah, Kreitz I got from the knife. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and the cutting, the, for me, it was a cutting yeah. block. Yeah, the round, the round cutting Well, nobody block. else uses a knife like that. Right. Right. The I scimitar. Mean, that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's unique and those things that you don't think about until you see that picture and then you're like oh that's why i know what that is because that is a unique thing that roy does that right. no one else is doing right right yeah and it was it was neat to see that and just i mean we're we're really nerdy about things like that but <laughs> Unfortunately. that's why this book is so great for people yeah. like us because we can go and we can nerd out on things like that and just enjoy it and we're like oh i know exactly yeah, it was where that's gr- it was great so. to see the the younger guys in there you got sao from 2m um, we saw Heim was in there, Travis Heim. Arnis, there's a portrait Arnis. of Arnis in there as well yep. from Nebby Mays. Yep. Um, Leonard from...
from Truth was mm -hmm. in there as well. So it's it's nice because you get you still have the classics, of course, but now you've got this this whole new crop of people in there as well. Well, that was the fun part of it. You know, I mean, it, it was all fun. Uh, it was great. Uh, but driving here yesterday, we stopped at Prousey's and dropped some books off to Gary and Gary and Brian were there. It was late in the afternoon. It's three thirty in the afternoon, and and. You know, it was fun. It was fun talking to them. But, you know, here, here's this place, and, you know, it's old, and the guys are, you know, they're getting tired. And, and so then we drove from there to Truth and got there right about five minutes after four. And, they were, you know, the place was closed. They had just closed. And we kind of snuck in the back door, and there was a guy in the back who was putting icing on a cake. And I said, well, is Leonard here? And he said, oh, yeah, he's in there. So we walked into the to the dining area, and, and Leonard's on a cot, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to take a nap. But, uh, you know, he popped up, and he was happy to see us and stuff. And it was just so – it was such a contrast to have gone from Prousey's to Truth. Uh, you know, and Leonard so enthusiastic and excited about – you know his new venture in Houston. You know it was just a, a, a kind of a, yeah. Here this is this is how it's changing. Really, the right. shift. This yeah. is how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's it, you know great fun for a guy my age to be able to to sort of straddle this. You know to to have known Roy when he was Leonard's age. Um, you know and to have done film and now do digital and uh, and. To have friends from, you know, these sort of multiple generations uh, of, of barbecue, and I, one thing I think is particularly great about what's going on right now is how supportive these people that are actually competitors are of each other. We just had a, a great talk with with Sam Jones about that too, and in, in Texas it seems maybe even more so, but it was this, this old generation where people kept things to themselves and they didn't yes. want to share. And it wasn't even just the competitors, it was the family. And part of it is From the technology age. It brings people a lot closer right. together yeah. because you can text this person and say, oh, your ribs were really great that time. What did you do? And, you know, and, and it's created this network of people that are really willing to share information and, and they root each other on. They really, really do. Well, you know, back in the sort of earlier part of when I was doing this, I, I remember asking, you know, Gary Prouse, uh, Prousey, you know, well, have you ever been over to Kreitz and in Lockhart? No, no. Uh -uh. And I'd ask Roy, you know, have you ever been? No, I've never really been. I told Roy, I saw him, I don't know, three three weeks ago. I took some books to him, and and I, and I said, one day, Roy, I want you to take the morning off, and I'm going to come and get you, and we're going to go to Snows, and we're going to go to wherever else we can go. We'll go to Style Switch. We'll go to Franklin. Just so you can see these places. I mean, you know, you're sort of, in some ways, kind of the father of some of this, and uh, you should, you should see, and just yeah, know and, and enjoy what's it. going on. Right. Yes, enjoy it. Absolutely. Not, it's not about competition. No. It's not about I'm doing it better or worse. No, no, no. But no. it's just to experience, no, it, you know, the, all of these yeah. different angles that that it, barbecue's really gone into these different directions. Right. Well, yeah. this is a good time to give our weekly reminder telling people to go to Prousey. We we, <laughs> we did we did an episode a few weeks back on uh, the classic barbecue joints of Texas and and we rolled through a list of about two dozen places that are 50 years or more in age. Um, and Prousey's one of the ones that we, we highlighted because we don't know how much longer it's going to be in its current right. form. Right. And and we anyone that's a big barbecue fan in Texas, it, we think it's just one of the places you have to go. 
And and uh, you know, I've been there with people who who were unimpressed by the barbecue, and that's because they're accustomed to to the the super queue that exists now. And I, I remind them that this is working people's barbecue. It, it's these, more pure of what barbecue always has these, been. These are people who have a little bit of money to spend for lunch. They got an hour break from lunch and this is what they've been eating for decades and they're still doing it and that's that's the criteria um it's there's you know there's days that it's better than others but uh it's still worth experiencing that absolutely even even places like martin's place yep um taylor cafe yep those are places that we try to get people to go out and experience right. and, and have yep. an open mind it's and not look at about, it from the viewpoint yes. of what it is and not and, what you think yeah, it should right. be turn off your is this the best ever right right you know i'm i'm not every place is going to be franklin or truth and right. they shouldn't be no you know, it, uh, you know i can't i can't even answer that question anymore you know what's your favorite place What's your favorite place? You guys get that all the time. Oh, yeah. And I just, it's not even a question that I feel like I can address. There are different places we like for different reasons, whether right. it's the experience factor, the building itself, the right. people in the building, right. the food, of course. Right. I mean, so there's so many things that come into play with that. And, and Snows yeah. and Louis Miller's are good examples of, of, they have a very different experience. You go there, you go somewhere else, you know, you go to Kreitz. We love going to Smitty's still. Um, I mean, we're just, I don't want to just name off a bunch of old places, but, but Luling, one of the other places that, that doesn't get hardly any press at all is Schulenburg. Yeah. Um, City Market in Schulenburg, which we yeah. think is a great place to visit. Yeah. Um, especially on Saturdays. And then in Hallettsville, um, not just. Um, Kalachnies. Yes. Yeah. So. Now, now that's a, you know, that place is a trip. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and that's another one of the biggest movers now is it's the Daniel Vaughn influence. Yes. Uh, we wouldn't have been if it wasn't for him. Yep. No, I, I would. I, I had an assignment go down there for Texas Monthly. They were doing sort of an interim, in between best of issues, you know, little places that we found. And I went to Evie Mays in Lubbock, which was great. There was a place here in Houston I don't remember the name of, but Southern Q, I believe it was. Maybe yes, Southern yeah. Q. But I went to Hallettsville. I, I spent the night somewhere close to Hallettsville, and I met them. At sunup, at uh, at Kalachny's, and you know, I just wanted to cry. It was so beautiful. I mean, the the, you know, Irvin. So we have to talk about Irvin in a minute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> please. I'd, I'd like to hear what you. Think. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing place. And if we're going to talk about great barbecue, the pork steak there, yes, is unbelievable. Yes, and I, and, I mean, just amazing. I, you know, I I don't eat barbecue like I used to. And uh, I, you know, I'd had breakfast that day, and I, you know, I shot until probably noon, and I said, well, can I just get, can you just top up, chop up one of those pork steaks, and I'll eat it in the car. And I ate every, I almost ate the paper boat it was in. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, the, the pork steak is great. The the They do a chicken that's traditionally mopped, and it's, I mean, yep. direct heat, and it works really well. And, yep. you know, the, the little fire pit that he's got outside, yep. everything about that place is just great um, we, we were there i guess on about six weeks or so ago and it's just one of the stops that we love going to we did a whole run down highway 90 that day and went to six different places wow did not have a single rib did not have a single slice of brisket and this is texas barbecue and we loved every minute of it right we right. had sausage pork but steak, that's, chicken that's and, where you see the german czech polish yes very influence. much so. yep uh you know it's still there 
and we went to Nova Sods, which is also in Hallettsville. Yep. yep. And there's a great old place called Glenn's Meat Market out in Hallettsville as well. And they do fresh hot barbecue they out of the back of the meat market. They only do hot barbecue on Saturdays. So it's, oh, wow. it's your full-on meat market in the front. And only on Saturdays they crank up the smokers and they have – you go into the back of the building and that's right. where they serve the barbecue. Right. Yeah, they got the warming pits out there. It's it's a very good experience. And that, that whole town of Hallettsville is just and great. It's, and it's locals. Yes. Yes. That are, are their customers. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of our favorite stories is going in and Irvin Kalakney, he's such a character. I mean, this guy's he just has his head down doing his work. And you know, we go in there and we order a pork steak. And one of the things that all our <laughs> listeners need to know about this place is they take call-ahead orders. And so they're, they, a lot of times they're out of things 20 minutes yeah, after they open. Yeah, 11.30 they may reserved. be out of, right. of food, so you got to get there. But right. you know, Irvin is... is one of the most interesting characters in barbecue because he's maybe said one word to us we've been there th- either three or four <laughs> times now and i think he said one word to us which is usually i'll be back i think or that's next. three words next that's <laughs> it yes next and so you know we we kind of you know be very quiet move over here point to what we want and and be nice but but uh, the food is great but he's he's an interesting character he's a very he's a man of few words yeah. he certainly is and uh i uh yeah i i got some great portraits of him uh and i you know i tried to gauge whether or not he was enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it and i finally just decided well i'm not going to know whether he likes it or not (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm just going to do this until he either tells me to go away or i just run out of pixels uh but yeah it was uh uh i you know i i had i sort of had the impression of someone who is very tired yeah you know yeah he does this on the weekend saturday and sunday that's and right. he gets up and he does his thing and that's it that's and right. you know, and that's it's right. just him and his wife running the whole business and was his son around when you guys uh, were there i don't think so don't no think we've just carolyn we carolyn's great because she's yeah we i kind of say she's kind of like if John Miller and Tootsie Tominitz had a baby, <laughs> you know, she she tries to be spicy, but she's just so sweet that, that it just cracks us up. So. We, we have a great time when we go that, there. That that made my day right there. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it's it's places like that that we love that you highlighted in this book because yeah, these are places that once the, once they're gone, once these people decide that they don't want to do the barbecue anymore, yeah. that's not a place that's probably going to keep going no. for another twenty years. No. You know, you, you never know when that place is not going to be around anymore and so yeah. we, we try to go as often as we can you know and it's it's getting harder to do because there's more and more places opening up and you want to go to those places too and right so we, we try to block out these weekends of like okay this is our highway 90 weekend this is our you know i love it when i go to a place and they don't know who aaron franklin is you know it's like oh here it's you know they're still here this right. this little right. you know bubble uh that still exists. Yeah, they're they're not using prime brisket. That no, you know, they're no, they're no. What, back to yeah, whatever they've always yeah. cooked. And well, they'd be they they would be appalled and amazed <laughs> if they if you took them to Style Switch or you know pick your place. You yeah. know if they saw something on a you know on a china well, plate. We, we, and, we always yeah. joke about Evan Leroy because his his food is amazing I and mean, it's it's absolutely amazing, but he doesn't even cook brisket during the week. He's cooking. A lot of times, some very unique dishes with with very unique flavors. That you know, the Szechuan Szechuan beef ribs and um, just all yeah. kinds of, of stuff that well, these and, and classic places would just not understand. Yeah, but that's the beauty part of where we are right now too. Though, is right. people are playing around with stuff. I mean, look what they're doing over at Tejas. You know, chili rellano sausage. Get out of here! Oh, it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. 
So we've uh, we've gone down the road of where barbecue was, where barbecue's going. Um, as far as the book, what are some of the things? What are a couple of places that you went that stood out that you're like that you hadn't been prior to to maybe photographing for the book? Oh golly, I have to think about that for could a be an old place or a new place. Well, I, 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 the place that I've been many times that I never took pictures in was Doug's in Amarillo, and I just I had such fun there, uh, and it was so meaningful for me. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Pat G's outside of Tyler. That was an amazing place that I'd never been to before. Uh, one of the places that I had the best time at was Ronnie's in Johnson City. I don't know if you guys have been there. No, no, but I have heard about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I had heard. I really, I might have heard about it, but I'd driven by it many times. And so I called and asked if I could go make pictures and uh, whatever. And I showed up there and uh, uh, Ronnie is an older guy. His wife uh, runs the inside. But I got so many great pictures there. Uh, You know, it was just the, the setup and the time of day. And here, you know, here's another, an old guy. Um, you know, doing this hard work, uh, and it was it was interesting. Last, it was interesting to me. Uh, last October, I had a knee replacement, my left knee, and at the time I was hurting, shooting. I had a big black brace on my knee, and you know, I was working. and And Ronnie said, oh, "You got a knee problem?" And he said, and "I said, yeah." I said, "Oh, my knees are killing me." So we, we, you know, this is what I was, this is, of course, this is an age thing. This is how time works. You know, we spent a fair amount of time uh, comparing achy knees (laughs) (laughs) instead of whatever else it might have been. Tootsie and I have shared that with, um, because I I got hit by a motorcycle and I've had surgery and um, she had knee surgery as well. Yes, she had had a knee replacement. We were were exchanging those stories. She was back at work in a couple of weeks. You were out for three months. I was was in a wheelchair. (laughs) That's why she's in the Barbecue Hall of Fame (laughs) right now. (laughs) It is true. Yes, I stopped by and and had, you know, compared knee replacement notes with uh, Tootsie too. That was great. But, uh, yeah, Ronnie's was beautiful. It was really nice. And, and, And I didn't eat there, uh, but it was you know it was just a lovely setup for me. It was a, a nice kind of start to that particular section of of shooting new pictures for the place. And and on on the topic of photography, um, any tips or advice you'd like to give people that are out there, whether they're using phones or whether they're using um, uh, the higher end cameras, any kind of basic tips? I, you know, it's it's definitely a play of light with any photography and right. with barbecue there tends to be um if you're catching at night or catching in the mornings you can get some really odd lighting um any any general tips at all well the odd lighting is usually the best lighting uh, but yeah you just have to pay attention to you know if there's a window if you're going to take a picture of your plate if there if there's a window light coming in you know put your put your platter over by that you know if you if you're going out to on a photo safari barbecues photo safari go early in the morning i mean that's where the action is i mean that this picture on the cover of the book that was sun up the best pictures from snow's barbecue are all sun up the stuff from ronnie's is sun up that's that's when the places are sort of mellow there's not any people around there are no customers they're doing their daily routine uh, 
the light's beautiful outside if you if you're shooting outside you know the the snows there's on a clear day there's just magic for an hour as the sun comes up and it's it, a golden and hour gets over the tops of the houses behind the place and shoots right straight into that pit area and lights up that smoke I mean you it's a Hollywood special effect you know it's so beautiful and you know you, things like that I mean you have to make a little bit of an effort uh, you know you, but you don't have to stand on the chair to take the picture do you <laughs> you don't have to but you can and, uh, That's we laugh at ourselves because yeah. we do yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I'll tell you one funny story I think it's funny anyway when you mention chair uh, years ago I was coming back from a job in East Texas and we my friend Will Phillips who was helping me stopped at Louis Mueller's on the way back into town we'd, we'd, I think we were in Palestine and then we'd driven in and we sort of timed it so we'd go to lunch so we went into Mueller's this is maybe 15 years ago and uh, Rip Torn the actor is from Taylor, Texas and he was there eating at one of the picnic tables along the the side of the wall where the business cards were and he was with some friends from there and I guess yeah, there were four people at the table but Rick Torn was there and Will and I sat out down at one, one of the square tables right across from where they were sitting I was looking at Rip Torn and we sat down you know and they had those wooden chairs in the place and I was eating and, and there was this crack like a gunshot and it was my chair breaking in two and it and it split right underneath me, and I fell straight back on my ass, right on the floor at <laughs> Louis Mueller's. And, and I looked up, and Rip Torn was laughing his ass <laughs> off at me. And I looked over at Bobby Mueller's when Bobby was still there. He didn't say a word. He didn't say, I'm sorry, too bad, let me give you a sausage. It was just like another day at, at Louis Mueller barbecue. Yeah. And no, no uh, confetti from Rip Torn either. That no, was. no, no. There was none of that. Yeah, yeah. Your next... And for you, it would be a wrench, but yeah, confetti was his old thing. So, yeah. <laughs> I've seen many Rip Torn movies. Okay, okay it's not okay. just dodgeball. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, everybody, go get this book, um, and you can still get his old book, the original one, Texas That's right. Barbecue, um, which is, like I said, it's a great way to look at the difference both in barbecue and photography. It's really a nice way to compare both. Um, but Texas Barbecue, Small Town to Downtown, is the new one. Um, you can get that online uh, at many, just about anywhere, Amazon or anywhere. That's He's right. doing lots of book signings right now, so definitely keep an eye on his calendar. Yeah, uh, yeah keep an eye out. Um, Wyatt and Nancy have been going to uh, to different barbecue joints and doing signings. And uh, if you get an opportunity to, to go out there and buy a book from them. And Wyatt, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, guys. This has been fun. Thank you so much. And Nancy, you as well. Again, we thank Wyatt and Nancy for their time. Uh, go to WyattMcSpadden.com to get details on Wyatt's book tour and to purchase either his first book or his second book, or get them both. Thank you for listening, and of course, follow us on social media at BBQ Podcast on Twitter, at Tales from the Pits on Instagram, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, and please rate us as well.